0: Hey everybody, before we get started, I wanna thank my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. You can get unlimited podcast editing and strategy for one flat rate by visiting hatch.fm. All right, let's get in the show. Welcome to Distribution First, the show where we flip content marketing on its head and focus on what happens after you hit publish. Each week I share playbooks, motivations, stories, and strategies to help you repurpose and distribute your content because you deserve to get the most out of everything you create. everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Distribution First. On this week's episode, doing something cool, a little special. We're doing a behind the scenes kind of coaching session. Today, I'm chatting with Matt Miner and really excited just to dive into uh, what we have going on. So, Matt, why don't we just start? You just kind of spill the beans here a little bit. What do you have Mm -hmm. going on? What are you looking for help with? How can we get started?
1: Yeah, awesome. Let's get right into it. I love it. Yeah. So currently, I am heading up demand at a more of like technical developer tool company called Directus. This is my first foray into doing marketing for technical teams. And what I found is that it is marketing and sales on hard mode because they hate being marketed and sold to. So, what our big bet this year really is is a big focus on just kind of human content. And I think with the rise of like programmatic SEO and AI generated trash out there. I think there's a big emphasis on creating, you know, just really good content. I think this is a little out of your, you know, typically what you talk about, which is kind of reusing content. Um, I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. I have been for a while. Uh, I think I was one of the first people to buy your course back in the day. But uh, this is the first problem I've had where we've got too much content and we're having trouble figuring out how to effectively distribute it, I guess. Mm. And Yeah, that's really the crux of the problem. And I'd love to talk a little bit today about, you know, some tips on how to best distribute it and yeah, get it out there.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect starting point. I think my biggest question for you to start is sort of like, what are those pieces of content? You have too much. So what are you currently creating? Is it blogs? Are you doing like, what what are you creating for your team?
1: Yeah, so we've got obviously the standard like directus.io slash blog. That's really our main pillar for SEO. So we're using that just to, you know, one of the problems we've had is we've never really ranked for SEO. We had some technical problems with the website before. So we redid the website, started doing more SEO focused content. So really happy with how that's turning out. At the same time, we have documentation as a developer tool. It's like table stakes to have that. In that documentation, it's docs.directus.io. We have user guides and a little more product-focused, you know, quick tips, tricks, things to do, like how to send Vonage text messages with our platform, things like that. And then we've spun up a own media channel uh, called directus.io/slash/tv. So we're doing video, and our head of devrel is really owning that, and he's created like he's incredible, and we have like. TV shows coming out every single day, it seems like. So yeah, all this content, we've got you know, kind of higher level stuff, we've got stuff in the weeds, and then we've got more entertainment type stuff. So a big swath.
0: So you said the SEO is hitting, so that's sort of the next thing that I would think about is like what's currently working? So the SEO seems to be hitting, and then for the more entertainment side is, are you seeing traction on that or is it still like too new to to know whether or not that's actually like?
1: Yeah, no, great question. On the SEO stuff, we are finally starting to rank for non-branded keywords, which is like a huge win for us. We have incredible like branch like we get like 3,000 hits a month just for people searching our company name because we're open source and that's been like a a really big marketing lever for us. But at the same time, like unless you know us, you're not going to find us. So big win just to start ranking for kind of use case oriented keywords and, and things people are thinking for or searching for that. In terms of the more entertainment type of content, we just launched our TV channel, I guess, and it was the week before Christmas. So, we're letting that grow a little bit. We have like a, you know, subscription for that too. We have about 80 people that that have subscribed to it, so, you know, just growing gradually with that.
0: And do you have any distributions set up for that right now?
1: Yeah, sort of. So, we work with a really good video editor who helps us kind of put all that stuff together. Part of that ask is that we have like video trailers that, so they, they cut out, you know, like 90 second snippets and we're using that primarily for social promotion and putting out the, the TV stuff.
0: Okay. So that would be one thing maybe we could work through a little bit that I would really suggest doing is, cause I see this a lot, even with the clients that I work with one on one is just getting the clips is one thing, but it's like having that plan built up to be able to like, once you get the clips, or once once this thing releases, we know what's coming next, like building a launch plan or building out some momentum around this thing. So for you, I think that's maybe something to hone in on is, do you know what those clips are beforehand? Or is that really like, you know, up to them to decide?
1: Yeah, so we kind of let the video editor handle that. Basically, pull out like any parts that stood out. Like, I think we go more for like the emotion, like action type stuff. So if somebody's laughing or anything that's happening, like that's primarily what they look for when they're pulling those clips. And then we just redirect traffic back to our website. So that's we don't really know what we're getting, but it's more quality, I think. And we we try to. Leave out kind of the boring snippets. If that and where sense.
0: are you? Where are you posting these at?
1: So these are just like LinkedIn and our. I keep saying Twitter. It's our X. <laughs> our X account.
0: <laughs> okay. So do you, and do you have a set number that you're getting every time? Like, hey, get us between two and five. Get us, you know, six.
1: Yeah. So we have shows that are. It might be easier if I just show you kind of our schedule. Would that help to show you just yeah, like for the sure. content schedule? Okay. Just so you get an idea for like the output that it's insane. Um, let me see if I can share your, here we go. Can you see that? I have a
0: Yep. I can. large screen. So anybody listening, we're looking at a Notion oh, calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're lo- you're losing out if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> That's no, I'll, right. I'll do my best to describe it. No, so we're looking at a content calendar right now for January. And this is like in our, our marketing HQ in, in Notion. So uh, what we have here is all of the things that are being launched per day. So each show typically has like a little video thing. We have you know content that comes out. As you can see, there's like two to three things that we launch any given day. So the distribution of that is what we're kind of having trouble with. Now to get back to your original question about the trailers that we're doing. It depends on the content. So we have a couple of different types of shows. We have, you know, more of the entertainment kind of fun stuff, like how our developers using AI, like podcast type thing. And then we also have some thought leadership stuff where our CEO is doing like a roundtable discussion on like a big major topic. For the roundtable discussion, thought leadership stuff, we try to get, you know, four to five clips per of like just like the short little quick fun snippets. And then for the more like entertainment type stuff, we're doing uh, just one trailer that's typically ninety seconds with like some of the the big parts. So it depends on the type of content, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> <You> we're <know>, just, <laughs> just kind of rolling with it.
0: <laughs> so I th- do. You guys have that embedded in your plans? Then is it like written down? Is it part of what's going on, or is it just like in your brain?
1: What's that, The like the trailers?
0: Yeah, like the, hey, for this one, we're getting 90-second trailers. Hey, for this one, we're getting five to six clips.
1: Yeah, we're kind of building the plane as we fly it, and it's more of like, you know, let's let's get X-mini clips for this. Let's do for this. We're getting into a better process with it being outsourced, but um, yeah, for now, it's just like wheeling and dealing, seeing what yeah. happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for you, like looking at this, It really has to do with mapping and and this is the whole thing around, you know, my show and all that, the framework is distribution first. It's understanding like what you even need to get out there and then mapping that out. So in really your clips, all I would think about with those clips, it's just a library of stuff that you now have access to share at any point. So I Mm. wouldn't necessarily think about you, like you having this, like, I've got five clips. How do I share them out over the next two weeks? It's really like, let's build a, a plan around the messages we want to, you know, talk about the things we want to hit, you know, what are the, what are those key points? And then going back to the content library in the hub that you've sort of created and say, mm-hmm. all right, now how do I pick and, and pop these pieces in, in the right spots? And, and I wouldn't look too far for that either. Like you could do that in a couple of weeks. You could do that over the course of a month. So like as a team understanding like, all right, for February and March, we really wanna hit X. Like, you know, what are we creating? Cause you've got this stuff coming out three times a day, right? Like you've got stuff coming. And so it's, how do you then, A, understand what's coming off of that. And then B, understand like, all right, so at the end of this two week sprint or whatever, we're gonna have a mini library of what, 15, 20, 30 clips. Like just having that knowledge. And then maybe sorting and organizing those based on the themes or the points of view or the topics, if you just get jet more generalized of like what those things are about. And then from there, what I would do is actually build out a calendar that maps those just and it, it could be like literally like a printed out calendar where you write it down. It doesn't even have to be a Notion or anything. It absolutely can be a Notion. <laughs> and actually, if you're doing Notion, you can set it up to where like that just becomes a view almost of like distribution and themes. But like for LinkedIn, you know, we've got four themes we talk about consistently. Can you hit those every single week? And then do you have content that can support that? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's about kind of what you're saying is kind of aligning the channel with kind of the persona you'd wanna go after. So for LinkedIn, for instance, so we work with like developers, we work with non-technical teams, we work with like technical leaders. For LinkedIn, what we found is like, that's really where the technical leaders tend to hang out, like the senior engineers, developers. So what you're saying is kind of a line around what each channel, the story you tell, and then that's the base for that content.
0: 1000%. And and being able to look backward, at what you've already created that can fill that gap, and looking mm. forward, and how do you tie distribution into your content roadmap moving forward? To say, all right, we can pull from this content that we've already created, and then how do we plan out knowing, all right, we have to hit, you know, this technical leader on LinkedIn. Oh, you know, it just in planning, right? Like you might be like, oh, we don't have anything new for Q you know, for the end of Q one for, for these leaders, like we need to create something, right? Yeah. Just helps you be more forward focused in terms of what you're gonna be creating.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And actually that that's kind of a good segue into I don't know if this is something you want to cover, but thinking about like platforms and Actually, one thing I learned from one of your early courses was all about distribution docs and pulling out like for any piece of content, you can get like five to seven different pieces of content for it. So that's been like kind of a process I've put in place, you know, since learning that and I have a lot of success with it. I think now what we, another kind of piece we struggle with is doing too much and going too broad on too many social networks. We've got like, you know, the CTO really wants to do Mastodon our founders created a script years ago on, on X about we have like 50,000 followers and we get like two likes per post. So it's inflated. Not me, not me. I w- I'm not going to take <laughs> credit for that one. But LinkedIn, we're starting to grow a really good presence because we're putting like kind of focused energy towards that. Getting the, the team more engaged in creating content on their own and kind of becoming a collection of people instead of just a brand. So one question for you is obviously you know, the focused approach is best when it comes to having this many different types of content, though, is it best to figure out like a certain number of personas, like two to three, and then identify that as like, uh, like developers, were are going to use Reddit, and that's it. Engineering leaders, we're going to use LinkedIn, that's it. And, and going about it that way, kind of structuring it.
0: Yeah, I think that's the if you're if you're choosing a platform, so one thing I like to do too is like just evaluate your channel so that might be something you can do as well as like just a basic channel evaluation of like followers, activity, engagement, effort, enjoyment like there's there's a whole um I'll send it to you after this whole questionnaire I have that you can fill out and it's just a basic alignment of a, what types of channels are actually working for us B. what do we enjoy doing so in that case like if the cto actually does enjoy like doing something on mastodon or or enjoys like doing that great she understands the channel understands what they're doing like what's unfair and not great is when it's like hey let's tack this on as an extra thing you figure it out and how does like that happens too so like um i empathize with that but that's where it gets hard because the amount of energy it takes to learn a new platform cannot be like undervalued or undersold. Like that takes a lot of work. Like in most cases, months and months of daily grind to figure out how does YouTube work? What, what would make YouTube successful? How do I, you know, like there are experts who spent years doing that, you know, LinkedIn, no different X, no, like the people who do this, it's not just like, Oh, you know, I, I can just wake up and and post and, and, you know, I'll grow a following, right? Like if I just post once a day, it's going to work. Like we know that's not how it works, but yet that's how we can treat platforms and treat channels is just like, Oh, we'll just do that too. And so that I think it's a, some of it's a mental shift and the bigger the org, the more complex, the harder it is to sometimes manage those shifts because there is an expectation that we have to be everywhere And really like show up everywhere. Like, what if somebody comes and, you know, and it's like, well, what if somebody comes and sees you get one like on everything and nobody interacts with it, you know? So it's like, there's that too. So I think it's balancing those different areas when you're evaluating channels. But then on the flip side, the focus is key for audience. Like, for you in particular, if you're finding that different channels have different audiences specifically, that's going to make a massive difference in terms of how and who you're interacting with on those channels, it could actually make it easier in some cases because, you know, I've worked with different companies where they might have a very tactical, practical, you know, user of the software. And then at the same time, they're marketing to founders or CEOs for, you know, a different maybe part of the company. And it's hard because then you're getting, you know, mixed messages throughout the the channel of like, Sometimes they're talking to CEOs. sometimes they're talking to, you know, tactical, how to get in the tool and do it. And it's like, it's a hard balance to, to manage. But that's where potentially, like, different people on the team could tackle different pieces of that message. Different channels could tackle different pieces of that message. So I would kind of work through that on your end, too, potentially, and just see, like, all right, you know, the CTO talks about X on Y. I'm going to talk about Z on, uh, you know, the brand page is really going to be focused on this on LinkedIn. And our email newsletter is really focused on, you know, this. And once you have those channels sort of figured out, that's when you can really start to, again, always go back to like reverse engineering the content that's getting created. And and that's where like having that integrated into the plan, because I don't know what TV and all the stuff that's getting created but you know you want to make sure that what's being created at least has a distribution mode. You've got somewhere you know where you can put that thing to, and again you will probably won't bat a thousand. Nobody does, but if you can at least you know hit eighty percent of the time, you know we're really nailing. Like this piece we created has a way for somebody to get to it and see it you're going to be way ahead of the game versus a lot of times, which is like, we're look at all this stuff we're creating. Yeah. You know, we're signing people up on the newsletter and, you know, but it just gets buried in an archive somewhere. It's just how it works.
1: Yeah. To your point about the uh, the being everywhere. I, m- I remember a few years ago, I still have kind of nightmares of this when the co-founder was like, at a previous startup was like, hey, my, uh, my daughter just started using TikTok. Let's get on that. It was like, uh... Okay, we <laughs> we're like cool. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like it's almost right now. It feels like we're sort of a boxer and like kind of like figuring out the opponent and like like we'll throw a video here, we'll throw a blog here, like kind of jabs, trying to figure it out. But really, we found no kind of rhyme or reason to it yet. And maybe it's just you know it comes with time. But I, I think you're exactly you know, dead on, which is like that distribution strategy around each channel is is something we hadn't really considered, but makes a ton of sense. Something that actually I had a question on what you were asked, uh, talking about, which was team members kind of owning channels. So there's, you know, with the story I said with the co-founder was like, hey, let's just do TikTok or CTOs, like, hey, let's just do Mastodon. There's kind of an expectation that marketing owns social and just a blanket kind of social strategy. And I think the evolution, since having like interns come in and manage social, you can't really do that anymore. Like it's, it's actual viable sales channels now. Do you ever talk to clients or anybody that kind of runs into this problem of like, Hey, we've got two people in marketing, but it's a 30 person company. Like does marketing own social or are they just like the, you know, string pullers behind it and then helping everybody else kind of promote on their end distribute?
0: I think it's one of the more tricky things that is happening within companies right now. I, I was having a conversation with somebody about it earlier at the end of last year, because sometimes too, it's like the founder, for instance, would be amazing if they would, but they have no desire to be you know, on there. And it would, oh, if, if they would post this instead of the brand, it would, you know, like, or maybe it's like the sales leader who's there or the, you know, the customer sec- or the marketer or the head of marketing. It's a really tough balance to figure out who owns what. I think in most cases, yes, the assumption would be marketing owns it is the string puller is going to provide me everything I would need. And oh, by the way, I actually don't have time to do any of the. <laughs> I don't have time to, to do any of this. I don't know what works. I don't know what doesn't. In your example of a team, of a marketing team of two, whole team of 30, what I might try to do is find those other, like the two marketers, we're going to be in lockstep and we're going to be doing this together, whatever that looks like, right? Like we're going to have this plan defined and we're going to, you know, work in lockstep to distribute this content the best way we know possible. The other way we're going to do that is by finding one or two or three other people on other teams to join us. And so that could be the, at a small company, maybe it's the head of the sales. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a really engaged, you know, salesperson or a, another person at a company, like just find that one, you know, you find that one other person to join you. We did this when I was at TechSmith, it, this was 2020, you know, when LinkedIn was, re- everybody was locked inside and LinkedIn was really taken off. It was like, how do we get more individuals into it? And there has to be desire, you know, like I've done every myriad of trainings and hey, this is how you do it. And this is what a, you know, a good post looks like. And this is, and sometimes it's just reps, but it's also a desire. Cause you know, what ends up happening, unfortunately is it's, here's our new post. Here's what it's about, or here's our new product release. I mean, we've all seen these, here's our new product release. And then it's everybody at that company posting the same thing verbatim, maybe with like, I'm so excited in front of it, you know? Yeah, yeah
1: with the AI now. Yeah, AI variations. With
0: <laughs> the new little, just a slight tweak. <laughs> and so I think like, finding those people and then it's just constant communication and collaboration on like, being able to pull, uh, I've been talking about this a lot, but being able to pull that like, platform native, like that viable stuff out of it to where, you know, this is what's important in this video we just shot, but what's the take that you have on it from your perspective? You know, the sales perspective on this is going to be different just because the person's different, the department's different, all of that than the marketer or even like the product marketer might have a completely different perspective than the content marketer, than the VP of marketing. And so it's just trying to figure out like for the, again, like having some forethought of saying like, all right, here's the top things that we pulled out of this content. Let's take, you know, not in a group setting or anything, doesn't have to be, but like, let's just take a half hour here and think through like, all right, I've got to create a post about this for this week. You know, what what's the valuable piece that they can come out of this post learning to where they wouldn't have to like click to get that content. And what perspective can I bring to it? That isn't just like, hey, we launched it. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, uh, yeah. More recently than I care to admit, I've had a conversation of like, like, I, I can't be, that's the thing is like, AI and the like chat GPT and all that stuff. Like the one thing it'll never be able to do is have like a subjective view on things, I think. And that's what I like, I've been telling like, you know, the team, like, hey, put your point out there. Like this video that you watched, how do you feel about it? Say it, you know, put it in here. It can be controversial. I mean, that's what, you know, I think that's what makes... Humans great is like we all disagree on different things. We have, you know, and that that's um, what I see a lot of. Like, really, I hate the term thought leaders, but like folks on LinkedIn that are seeing success are doing that too. Like, it's a little controversial, you know, that sort of thing. And then I hear back like, "Well, why don't you just write it for me?" Like, "Uh." (laughs) if I could live inside your head, I would do it. Trust me. Yeah, it yes, yeah, Yeah, and
0: that's (laughs) tough too. Like, that's one of the things where. Again, it's like just trying to pick what those things are because there are even just in that little snippet of the conversation you just had, it's like there's like 10 things there that are like potentials, right? Like of like this person trying to do that or you, you trying to figure out it or, oh, just write it for me. Like there's all of these layers to that beyond just a social post, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's like, oh, it's just, <laughs> a, it's just a LinkedIn post. Yeah. But there's there's a lot that goes behind it. But I think, yeah, like, so figuring those things out, if it's somebody outside, like I've done this too, like where, like, let's say that person doesn't want to do the writing, but you know, like, that's a part of your strategy. Like, let's just say the founder, the founder doesn't want to write, but you know, they're a core part of like the social strategy. They're down to do like, they're down to post, they're down to have you post or whatever that looks like, but they're just not there. I would suggest batching for that, like sitting down with them once a month and figuring out, all right, here's the opinions we're trying to get out or like, or just record it. I've, I've even suggested and I had some folks do this before who I worked with in the past, like just record a zoom call and ask them a bunch of questions because now you have a transcript that you can pull from mm. and you can utilize things like chat GPT and other things to like, you know, just pull out the meat more quickly than, all right, I was in this meeting with him or her, like, what did they say? You know, or you're like feverishly, like taking down notes or other things like that. So being able to have that um, recording is super helpful and then batching it. So like understanding like, Hey, if we, can we post twice a week on, on your account? Like that's eight posts for a mm-hmm. month. When you just put it in the, in the context of that, it doesn't feel as daunting because it could be like, you know, we've got, Two main things we want to talk about this month. We've got this other type of content that goes with it. We need to come up with eight things that this person can say this month and post. Tw- and that's you know probably four x what they're posting right now. And
1: yeah, and I feel like it's a compound like compounding factor there too. Like you start seeing those leading indicators of likes, comments, things like that, and then they start to understand the value, I guess. So. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I know we've been jumping around a lot, but I have another question. That yeah, let's do it. Unrelated to that. All right, so getting back to the TV thing, right? I don't know if I can promote other folks on here. I don't know if there's like a, yeah. You can do whatever you want. We can, we can cut it <laughs> if we need to. But, uh, no, but I was having um, a great conversation with uh, Anthony Canada over at Audience Plus, you know, a few weeks, a few months. Friend
0: of the show.
1: Nice. I love what they're doing.
0: I'm low-key, uh, not low-key. I'm an advisor for Audience Plus, so yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Dude, they own media is the future. And that's really the inspiration for our TV channel. It's just we like to dog food things ourselves and we built it like on our platform. Um, Otherwise, I totally would have used their platform. Sorry, Anthony. But had a really good conversation about like where video is going and, you know, with the rise of TikTok and YouTube shorts and like kind of the short form content. We were stuck in this place of I had to convince the team that it's okay not to post everything on YouTube all of the videos that we're doing on our like own media channel and Anthony had a great point about like you know you go to YouTube you're not gonna typically watch like an hour two hour video like you're gonna watch the highlights or the snippets, the things you want to find. And it sounds like as an advisor to audience plus you probably feel the same way. When it comes to content and sharing it between the own media channel and like the YouTube and the TikTok, is it cross posting everything or is it like more of a strategy we should have around how we approach that? I guess
0: I would definitely think you'd, and cross posting is a strategy, but you would want a strat, you know, a defined strategy that that you all feel. I think the tough part, and I do agree, I think own media is the way that I mean, even like in a small way, distribution first is my sliver of owned media, right? Like it's just a podcast, but like, videos. There's going to be more coming out this year. There's a lot to it that I had forethought when I was building this, (laughs) uh, believe it or not. And so I think that is the key. The tough part with it is companies are not NBC, ESPN, Disney. It still takes natural effort to get somebody to go to your own platform and Mm -hmm. be be a, a subscriber, you know, for like Netflix, you know, great example, like any of these companies, right? Like it's kind of, you have to figure out what your strategy is in a lot of ways from a content perspective, of like, you know, there's a bunch of content on these Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, that I'm never going to watch, you know, and and maybe, and maybe nobody's ever going to watch, you know, I don't know if these are just like, you know, just loss leaders for them. I'm sure if you talk to like, we just need to have content. I mean, you've all scrolled something and be like, what is this? Like, somebody's watching this, but somebody's got to create that, you know, in a lot of cases, they're buying that they're licensing that content. They're doing that. So like, There's opportunities there though to like, and I think that's where it gets exciting is partnerships with other companies to swap content, you know, finding different mediums to be able to create different types of shows and and do that at a different cadence. But as far as like the actual... What are you sharing? What do we put on YouTube? What do we not? How do we lead people in? It really all comes back to that strategy. And it's to me, it's like no different than trying to get somebody on an email list, right? Like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you're trying to get someone off of where they're at, whatever they're doing on the internet to subscribe to your list, to subscribe to your thing, to then get notified from you about new things that you have coming out. Like that's the goal. The hard part with an owned media channel is that even email Like email, podcasts, et cetera, I'm in your feed already. Somebody hops on Spotify, I don't even have to alert them that I posted something new. It's there. Boom, new episode Mm -hmm. dropped today. Email, Mm -hmm. I can send an email and they don't have to be thinking about Justin at all. They're thinking about, like, oh, did I, and do I have any bills? (laughs) And then then there, and then there I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm in their feed. LinkedIn, same thing. So, like, that's the tough part about an owned, like a true owned property is you still have to get somebody to it. So I have to be thinking like, oh, go to directive site, see if anything's new. So that's where I think with owned media, like that distribution is not going to go away. And you have to have that distribution play around it to say like, again, like pulling, I I know Anthony, he talks about this a lot and I love the example too of like carpool karaoke and things like that, where it's like, you've got these little like, that is a valuable, you know, entertaining piece of content by itself. and it leads to the the bigger show. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I, I would think through for you all as you're creating like this owned property, this media property and, and different things like that, what are the, and build the shows or build the segments in that way that makes sense to be like, oh, that's an easy pluck out of it. Like it's, you know, CTO corner or something like that, right? Like I'm just, right. Like you've got the segment that you can pull out and then that becomes a staple that you maybe share out to the larger show.
1: That's interesting. I think that's kind of a core issue we have right now. It's just like, there's no broader theme. Like it is like Netflix. Like we've got stuff that we don't expect people to go in and watch like an hour long episode of this, but we just have to have it like to make it look like a fully fledged content network sort of thing. Um, But we're missing kind of the overall, what is the next step? What is the goal? How do we get them into the product, introduce them to the product and that sort of thing? So that's a really good point.
0: And that could be something too that you think through as you build the library Mm -hmm. is then pulling out different topics or themes and repurpose those into others. So like, I mean, there's a whole host, you could completely remix it into like its own episode to where you take three different pieces from three different things you've done and you smush them together because they're all about something similar. And you could create a, a standalone off of that. You could create almost like a playlist i'm thinking through like how that would form and function but like essentially creating a playlist let's say where it's maybe it's like how-to topics that you talked about over there, and you can again like just take the five minute clip of how to do x how to do y how to do z and now all now they're just available for your eye they don't ever because that's the thing like You have to spoon feed people. (laughs) Like, it's uh, like, you really do. And like, they're not going to, they're not going to find it. You know, like, I was, I just had this the other day where um, somebody was talking about like, oh, how do I like repurpose like case studies? And I was like, oh, I have a whole episode where I talked to Joel Clickley about this. And like, he's just like a genius. Right. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. here's that episode. And they're like, oh, amazing. I didn't even know this existed. And it was just like a reminder to me that oh, dang, I should be doing like, I should be doing more with that. That's great content to be able to get back out there. And so for me, it's thinking through those things and that's the balance. And if you have forethought about those segments and how you treat those segments, it might actually limit the amount of new stuff you do have to end up creating to where, you know, you're not, you don't feel the pressure of you and your team drop a new episode every week because we know out of this one thing we're going to drop three other. We did this with um at metadata with demand gen u and with the um demand event. It was like we're going to pull out the main 40 and then we're going to pull out three 5-minute sections out of this and we're going to drip all of those out. So then you just, you know, you're you're 3xing your content every single week about and it you know, it looks like there's a lot. It looks like there's new stuff. It look, and it is. It's valuable. It's not just like fluff to put out there. It's act like we framed the show up in a particular way so we could do that. But that's kind of how I would think about it is like, all right, how do we get more, maybe potentially out of the ideas that we're already doing?
1: Yeah. And like, I I think I mentioned earlier, like this is the first time in my career and working with content that we've just had too much. And previously it's just been like, how do we scrape together enough stuff from this 400 word blog post to like, you know, put a distribution doc around it. And now it's like, okay, we have six blogs coming this week and we have five shows and like you said like I think it makes sense to figure out what is the main topic that is across a few of these different pieces of content and how can we just like stack them up and say this is the narrative these are the things that support it and then bam great stuff. Yep. You told me I get value out of this call and I got a ton of value, man.
0: <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's delivering on the promise, right? <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap, I just want to make sure that you, if there's anything else, anything quick that you're like, hey, you know, wish I would have asked that. I, I want to make sure you've got time to, uh, to get anything else off that you were wanting help with.
1: No, I mean, the big things for me just from this call have been, you know, obviously number one is putting a strategy around each channel. I've, I've, for some reason, it, like it seems all of these things seem like elementary, but you get so in the weeds, you just forget about it. And it's just like, oh, let's just throw this on LinkedIn, let's throw this on Twitter. So it's figuring out who you want to hit per channel and, and really zoning in there. And then obviously putting, like we just talked about putting a, a strategy, putting a narrative, what cross-functionally content-wise can fit this narrative. And then that's like marry those two things and feels like a really good strategy, I think.
0: Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 what that does is it brings a level of consistency to your program that takes just a weight off your shoulders a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've experienced that uh, in my career. And even at times as I'm, you know, running my own business of like, if there's too many things going on at, at, at any given point, it just feels like you're stuck in the, like the tires are just spinning. And I'm not actually moving. I'm doing so much stuff, but I'm not moving forward. And so, like, having that plan of like, and again, not that it has to be a perfect plan. There is no perfect distribution plan. There is no perfect marketing plan for Pete's sake, but like having a plan and then being like, we're going to be consistent in this and then do it for a month and then do it for another month and then assess. And, you know, it's like just building up that slow, momentum and building up that slow movement to where you'll look back in a quarter and be like, dang, like look at all this stuff we're putting out. And we're not having to like rack our brain every week to spin up new concepts and new content and new that and you know, new this and new that. And oh man, it's it actually is all tied together into the the points of view that we want to get out and those thoughts because, you know, you just spent a little bit of time planning. I saw, I was, you know, deep in as one does at the beginning of the year, like planning. And I saw this thing where it was like every one minute of planning saves you 10 minutes on the execution. Hmm. And, you know, I don't know if that's how accurate start, that is, but, timer that. but, but, <laughs> but in my, in my brain, I was like, you know what? They're probably right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you just I mean, spend, if you spend the time to plan out what you want to do, and I would say for you, like, again, start small with a lot of this, like, you know, we're at the time recording this like middle of January, but like, what could February look like? Or like, what does the end of January into February look like as we're building this out and then see what works, see what didn't see where the pitfalls are and then adjust for March. Right. And it's, it's not to say like, what's our six month distribution plan? What's our, you know, Q2 distribution plan. It's like for the folks who actually have to get in and like do the work it's about starting small and building that out like that's literally how i do it even when i'm going in-house and working on retainer is like all right (laughs) we're going to start by looking at what's (laughs) currently working what currently isn't okay we're going to start and build that plan out now we're going to optimize it and we might have to go all the way back and loop that back again as we get that rolling so
1: yeah No, that's great. I, you know, as you were saying that, something popped in my head of like, I think the trap we're falling into, and it's a good thing that we're having this discussion now because it's January and I don't want to be in June and just realizing this, but I think we've fallen into this trap that output equals impact, that like the more stuff we put out there, the better, when in fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's like, what's the impact you want to have? And then that is what equals the output. I just made that up, so I don't know if it makes sense at all, but that's how the brain works.
0: (laughs) No, a thousand percent. I literally have a note in my phone that I wrote down, I think it was at the gym or something, and it was like, it was less inputs, or more inputs, less, I can't remember what it was, but it's like, it's that idea of like, you you actually want to be able to not have to create a maximum amount of things that you have to. Like you want to have the maximum amount of impact that you can have, with the least amount of things that you have to like spend your time with, you know what I mean? Right. And so yeah, yeah. that's with like, like you've taken taken the course and stuff like that, but you know, like the philosophy around like cornerstone content and core content, having that one engine, like for me, it's the show for you. It's probably like a mix of the SEO stuff and the TV stuff that you're doing, but, like having that consistent engine that you can build and then pull all of your distribution off of that. And then free up your time to build the bigger stuff that you can do yeah. and do like really big home runs. Whether that's an event, a yearly event, whether that's a you know something this experiment we're going to try. But you have to have that margin, or you're just going to be completely burned out.
1: Yeah. And uh, speaking of burnout, we uh, we're our next big endeavor because we just keep stacking things. Is like we've we've put together a, uh, the state of data survey, and we're promoting it in newsletters. And like, I've got to go back to the core content the core cut you know layout because man that's just another content piece we're gonna have to layer in yeah uh, man yeah awesome man i really appreciate it this has been super helpful and uh i can't wait to put these strategies in action back with awesome
0: awesome thanks matt we'll uh we'll be in touch for sure and uh thanks for coming on
1: yeah thanks justin appreciate it
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Distribution First, and thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you so, so much. And I hope you're able to apply what you learned in this episode one way or another into your content strategy as well. Speaking of strategy, we have a lot of things going on this year that are going to help you build your brand, 10x your content and transform the way you do content marketing. Make sure to subscribe to the show and sign up for my newsletter at justinsimon.co so you don't miss a thing. I look forward to serving you in the next episode as well. And until then, take care and I'll see you next time.